Right, I've got to, first of all, this is a, um, a continuation of what happened last episode. If you need to see what happened last episode, you'll need to see it. No, hang on a minute. That doesn't make you sense. Be, no, you won't be seeing anything, would you? Right, you, okay. You could, this is, you could hear it. Yes, you could hear it. This is part two. Right, let me start again. This is part two of a X amount of episodes dedicated to <laughs> Pattern of Guilds from the Totu podcast. Right, we've already started recording. So I'm not going to do the usual flim-flam. Yeah. Uh, this is good. We're going to get straight into the, the commentary. Is that all right with everybody at home? Yeah, but the, the advice has got to be, if you've just put this on and you've not heard the other bit, hear the other bit first. Do the other bit first. It'll, yeah. it'll be very difficult to follow, wouldn't it, otherwise? Yeah, reckon. because otherwise you need to know who, uh, we've got a third person on this call. Yeah, yeah. so if you, are, if you are my mate who I've told about these podcasts... <laughs> And you just put this on, you, you will you will hate it if you don't listen to the first one. Don't judge me on the half of yeah. this. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> to be fair, it's unlikely he'll even have got to this stage. However, <laughs> if he has by accident, stop. Come out. <laughs> Go back. Find out who Damo is. Find out where we are. And how important um, to the plot of this. <laughs> <laughs> we're all very important to the plot of this. We're, this, we're creating a, a legacy, a thump. Uh, we're, we're creating a sneaker footprint. Oh, hey, hey, see, see what you do there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's, a, there's, a, there's a pattern emerging there. Okay. Isn't there? Let's start the episode. recap on what's happened very very quickly we've got a murder with uh peter egan smooth bastard neighbor he comes in is he's got some something to do with medical forensics and um he's he's married to elaine but they're not getting on very well he's got a previous wife and kids the rest of it you'll have to listen to episode one but we've just left left suzanne danielle's room or house and the next we, we left it on a very thrilling cliffhanger, truth be told, and, yeah. and we're going to venture on here. Really or won't he? <laughs> it's like the Ross and Rachel from Friends moment, except this involved potentially bonking his wife. Uh, or yeah. whether she's going to give him a good divorce or a tricky divorce. Would that be the best way to describe? What, what, do you, what would you yeah. call a, a good divorce, Rob? You used to do this sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, one where I'm not representing you is probably the best way. <laughs> <laughs> You're likely to get a good divorce that way. Didn't you have an excellent divorce? I had a very quick divorce, quickest I've ever done, yeah, right? because it was it was three months and I was thinking about that this morning, right? There's a waiting period of six weeks after decree nice sight and decree absolute. So it means I got everything sorted out in six weeks. So I Sorry, after the Queen's eyesight of the crab salute? <laughs> after the crab salute, that's what the Queen has to wait for. What then the hell did you just weeks. say? <laughs> There's no subtitles on Zoom, Rob. Right. You need to say that again slowly. Well, you, you start you start your divorce off, and then you get to a point where uh, what's called decree eyesight is made, right? This and is with the Queen's eyesight, that hurts. So that's with the Queen's yeah. eyesight. And then, then then you have to wait for the crab salute, which is uh, <laughs> the, the thing that actually ends the marriage. Okay. And so then, so that's the point where you, you it was like, it's my divorce, I'll get this done yeah. quick, like buying a house. The, the, the difficulty is, of course, that you have to sort of stand to the side of the crab so he can walk towards you. But then you're not really sure. 
is he saluting or is he waving? Or is he trying yeah. to pinch you? Yeah, so, so you have to like get, you have to hold the mirror out like this, right, so you can see the front of the crabs and see what he's doing with his pincers. Is it is it a wave I'm, or is it a salute? I'm picturing this that crab out with the Little Mermaid now for some reason because he was a he was quite a sassy little dude. <laughs> this is why divorces are so expensive because of the fact that you've got to wait for the crab to salute you and it, it, it's not easy no that's especially right. if you live in Doncaster we're miles from the sea anyway so basically uh, <laughs> this is the bit the next day or something like that because it's in the daytime and that, that last scene was definitely the night time the yeah. next bit it, it's a blink and you'll miss it a scene of a, a jeans person in jeans walking up to what in my head was Peter Egan's ex-house's wife. Yeah. No, well, ex-wife's house. I think it's Peter Egan walking towards Peter Egan's ex-wife's house. Well, I don't think it is. In fact, no, it's pretty it's much... No, it's, 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 it's a killer, it's, I think. Yeah. It's going to, to be, be the, killer. the suspect. It's not oh. Peter Egan. Yeah. But, but the first time we watched it, that's exactly what I thought it was. Because the next scene is the interior of the house. And he's and talking... he's talking to Sarge. Sarge is talking to the wife, to the ex-wife, then, ex-ex-wife. Yeah, and then yeah. Peter Egan walks in. Now then, I know that that's, I know why you're saying that, because that is, if you look at it from face yeah. value, that's what you see. However, thi- so picture it like that, that Peter Egan walks in and, and discovers this happening. But no, picture this. It's a separate scene, or two separate scenes. Killer, oh. or potential killer or suspect, walking up to the house, knocking on, oh, I've got some towels to sell you come on in yeah later on that day I've, quite a time I jump think, Dan. yes to... yes i think i've seen <laughs> the killer and you might need to do something about it now then yeah so that is that i'm pretty sure that that's what's happened so uh, uh I'll, I'll uh just get to the bit that i've got a, an issue with because then she's you see him go to the house you don't see anything else and this is just from exterior and then the next scene is a little bit later on the wife, Faye, is talking to the Sarge about this encounter with who she believes is the suspect. Yeah. Now then, why didn't the killer kill her then if that's what his game was? Yeah, yeah. Why? You just... It, uh, well... Maybe you need the, to elaborate on that. It is, it is mentioned later on by the police outside that the killer only works at night time. Because he's a, a werewolf. We know that. Because <laughs> it could be the only reason why. He's got a house all to himself. With, he knows where the money is going. He yeah. could have just got the gun out and banged her. Now, yeah. what I also find strange here is, right, is she's bought a pink towel from this fella. Yes. It, it's a known fact that there's a pink towel killer going round Dorwich at the moment. It's a known fact, and you know, even even if only people in the sort of police know it, she'll know because of Peter Egan. Yeah. And it's known that he leaves these at the scene of every crime. That's right. Would you think I, I'd have bought a duster instead? <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe that's what she asked for, and that's why he was coming back later. Says I'll bring you the duster. <laughs> where do you get the stuff room? But where do you get the black splodge on a duster? <laughs> <laughs> because this, because everything is em, emblazoned with a yeah, what I got... thought was a black splodge, but it turns out to be a poodle, right? Is that what we're yeah. saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. He's he's the odd quite like like quite likes that, doesn't he? And as I say, 
I thought initially that he was um, leaving these at the scene, like you know, serial killers. Yeah, the leave, leave a handkerchief with a with an uh, initial on it. Yeah. yeah. But but, but this I, is think, I think not that I think not that I think he's he's actually just selling these door to door, but it means that he only kills the ones who buy the pink towel because so you don't buy is that what you're saying? Yeah, that, that's it. That's why the duster is so useful. Or could because we say there's a pink towel in every one? Yeah, but could we say that there are some unsolved cases, and it's uh... based on the fact that they. We don't. No. We can't connect into the crimes. Yeah, the the uh, the the duster case. The duster, yeah, the duster murders. Yeah. <laughs> um, any, well, anyway, so she yes, you're right. So she's bought this thing off him. She's let him into her house. Then the the police have come round because she's suspicious, and he says, "Right, uh, I'll. Uh, what we'll do is, I mean, I guess this is kind of unspoken, but we'll we'll get all the the policemen in Norwich to." To surround your house later on tonight. Yeah, and um, and when he comes back, we'll we'll nab him. Right now, yeah. then, before they can go into any sort of planning, Peter Egan comes back in, and he's furious. He's not happy, is he? Because he's furious, like, and he, he seems to know everything that they. So obviously, she's either told him <laughs> all of this on the phone, but he 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 wasn't there for the conversation. But he knows exactly what was talked about because he's like a decoy. Yeah. You're out of your mind. You know? he, you're right. He goes straight in with the your why you're going in with this kind of like decoy plan. Yeah. But yeah. the prop, the only thing is, if she's she's a target anyway, like there is no setup here. The no, setup has already happened by the the killer has selected her. Yeah. Yeah. The, w- there is no decoy at all, is there? Because if the police plan is to nab the killer when he comes back. Then they don't need she's her in the there. house at all. No, they, they don't, don't need her. They could send yeah. send her away. And, and then they don't even thing. mention that they've removed the children from the house. They they may have still been upstairs in bed <laughs> as well. They've probably fallen in the river with Rob. They're still down the river. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't need to be there for him exactly. to be knocking at the door. At which point they can say, "What the fuck do you think you're doing?" Yeah. Right. Uh, so so, so we've got it. issues here. But anyway, cut to the, the later or, or sort of around the farm area, wherever this is, um, again, with all the Norwich constabulary. Um, and the Sarge is playing uh, Rubik's Cube because that's yeah. what you do if you're on the stakeout, obviously. <laughs> um, and... and uh, he- it doesn't and, seem like this is a, a something he would is only just discovered. It's like he the amount of stakeouts that he must do is like this is perfect for a stakeout. It, it probably comes with the you know with the equipment for when you go in. They give you the, the goggles and a flask and a room. <laughs> yeah, there's a there's another uh, uh, policeman in the back seat. I think he has a Simon Says or a <laughs> Stylograph yeah. or something. He's he's got a book. It's obviously once you get to sergeant, you get the cue. Of when course. You're the, below sergeant, oh got, yeah, of course. There's ranking of uh, material. <laughs> like toys. Yeah, time wasting toys. Yeah. So yeah. Peter Egan comes out and he says, "Is there any sign of him yet?" Well, I'm sort of thinking if there had been, probably mentioned it. I've not even got all the yellows in one spot here. <laughs> How am I going to? How am I meant to see if there's any? So you're right. Yeah, it's like okay. Well, what I'll do is, I'll go and have a an afternoon lunch at the pub, because uh, um, he, he doesn't need to be at the house, right? So he walks across the road to the. Well, pub. He doesn't live there. He certainly has not. <laughs> That's right. So um, I mean, that is across the sort of like across the field, isn't it? That's yeah. He kind yeah, of sizes up the the different the distance of the pub to the house and. It, <laughs> 
where he is and goes, yeah, why not? You know, <laughs> it's as good a place as any. And he goes in and then uh, that's where the break happens, by the way. Um, right. Because you wouldn't have known that if you were watching this on DVD. But anyway. He, he, is, he is smoking a fag as he goes over to the road, Ding. over to the pub. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> we should have uh, we should have put up a scoreboard of of bags versus the word Elaine, which was mentioned more. <laughs> well, and then I mean he really goes for broke in a minute because when he comes out of the pub, he's got five packets of bags. So, oh my god! So, I mean, was it five? I thought it was ten. <laughs> but you know, it's going to be beating Elaine here because say there's twenty in a packet. If there's only five, that's going to be like a hundred bags things he's going to get. So <laughs> they were on special. They, they were on special in the pub. <laughs> You're right. He, he goes anyway. He goes back to his car, which, by the way, he didn't drive up to the pub in. No, no. <laughs> he just walked to the pub. Yeah. But his car is. So he must have parked at the pub before he even went to uh, the White House. It? And it blind. could have been that. It could have been that, yeah. And or, or it's a Tesla, and he's like, uh, "Kit, meet me around the back." Uh, <laughs> so he goes. Uh, he comes out, and he goes into, the, and he sits in his car, and then he looks at the car next to his, and uh, and there's there's a poodle, yeah, dangling from well, the rearview mirror. That's your man, then. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> now, if I had been the poodle killer, I wouldn't have had that. <laughs> I had to take that off. I don't know if it came with the car or what, but I'd be hiding that. Yeah, but you wouldn't you wouldn't be leaving uh, pink towels with poodles on them at the crime scene either. So, <laughs> but he he clearly has a whole range of merchandise. Uh, this killer relating yes. to poodles, we don't know why. They're... I mean, I imagine this is kind of like it's uh, part of that whole scene of Avon and Betterware going yeah. around your house. It's that it was. Um, that's what they did in the 80s. It's like, you know, people turned up at your door selling the peddling things, right? Yeah. Okay, so this might have felt a little bit more, yeah, yeah, that's what happens. That's that's exactly how this happens. Um, Don't wonder, me, they, could they this, have done, a, they still could, a prequel uh, episode of this to explain his uh, obsession with poodles, this killer, some sort of childhood <laughs> incident. What tipped him over the yeah. edge? <laughs> You know, if they do do it, I hope they get the poodle from the Silence of the Lambs, uh, precious. <laughs> um, you know, she'd be perfect for. Her. She was also in the Burbs. Apparently, it was the exact same poodle who was in both really? films. You kidding? Yeah, yeah, the dog that uh, that belonged oh. to the old man. Uh, oh, should, we, yeah. should should they like go the sort of Lord of the Rings route and have Andy Serkis climbing around? <laughs> <laughs> That, that, that might be the thing. That would really be his Oscar moment, I think. Absolutely. <laughs> I tell you what, there's a story that we ought to write between the three of us. We ought to produce the story of the poodle killer's early years. Oh, that would be a great idea. Yeah. Pup killer, we could Wouldn't call it? Yeah. Poodle of guilt. <laughs> um, okay, so, right. He, uh, he tries... So he, what he's... God is it right? That's me, man. But I need a bit more evidence, perhaps. Yeah. So I'll try the I'll try the door of the car. It's locked. Yeah. Killer's not stupid. He's locked his front door, and he. That's right. Because he's got potentially incriminating incriminating evidence in the car. You would need to make sure that car is locked up. And he tries getting... the back door. Open, fine. Right. Let's go. <laughs> uh, so he, he sits in he sits in the back of the car, and he goes through the bag of incriminating, incriminating evidence. evidence. <laughs> and he finds he finds 
a poodle uh, embroidered towel thing, a pink one. So yeah. that's it is that's definitely him. Uh, 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 with that, he also discovers an envelope as well. Yeah, right? which uh, so there he's got his name and address as well, and he? so he's sort of looking at that, and uh, he sets off to take it to the police. I think his intentions are good at this point because he's he, absolutely he runs over to them, and he's like, and he's got it like it's almost like in the sergeant's face. It's like, look what I found. I've got a utility bill here. It has a poodle in the top hand corner. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's like on the uh, envelope. Yeah, it says the social distance killer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, SD, it's the SDK. Um, but Sarge the, takes it off him and he looks at it. He says, "That's not a poodle. That's a basset hound. He's not our man." <laughs> <laughs> but the Sarge isn't interested. He doesn't even see the envelope, right? Okay, Egan is like, uh, "Well, what's going on?" Because there's been some sort of reaction inside the house, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And then. Two gunshots. Right, definitely two Walter. gunshots. Oh, yeah, only definitely two. I heard one. On. Well, I thought I heard two yeah. the first time, and I was like, no, because they only said one, mm. right? Yeah. So when we heard it again this time, I was like, no, there's two gunshots. And and what I think's happened is somebody's returned fire, or that's what they said. Yeah. Well, that must mean that the that somebody else has shot beforehand. Yeah. So but- you're automatically thinking, well, that must be Faye that's... Yeah. Also, all the cops run off, and then there's a close-up on Peter Egan, and he's. It seems at this point that he's thinking about something. There's something sort of word in his mind, isn't there? That's right. But we we don't know what it is. Well, you're right. But he he basically, um, yeah, yeah, something. Yeah, because he has three more thinks after this, (laughs) right? So we'll come to each of those, but. Yeah, he hears the he hears the gunshots and then he panics, runs off into the house. Uh, they say Faye's fine, mm. she's all right. You go in and see to her. Did oh yeah, Sarge says, did you see him? No, I didn't see him. Yeah. Right, run round the back. Next thing, cars driving off. Yeah, the... this is the worst surveillance. Yeah, I mean, because we could have done that from just watching the TV. <laughs> just see, Egan's just come out of the pub where the car's parked, and he's walked. Across that wasteland. Now the poodle killer has been involved in a gunfight and then run to his car. Wouldn't you have had to? <laughs> have had to run past Peter to get, actually go past him. Yeah. <laughs> or or, or um, go through the front door, the back door, the windows, wherever. All you need is a copper on each side of the house. Yeah. yeah. To see which. <laughs> there's more than enough for that, isn't there? Really? There. Yeah. yeah it's the whole of Norwich. <laughs> so then um, he runs inside the house. He's relieved. Oh, yeah, sorry, by the way, the, the, the car drives off. Gone. Yeah. yeah. Police can't... The, I don't know if you know this, but um, you can't usually catch a car when you're running after it. Uh, <laughs> unless you're the, the T-1000, you come quite close. Yeah. <laughs> there was, um, you know, there was a, a, a kind of moment where I thought they were going to shoot at the car. That didn't happen either, by yeah. the way. No. In fairness, it, it, they all look like bumbling coppers, but in hindsight, when we find out <laughs> about the the killer later on, one of them did, you know, do half do his job. That whoever yeah. shot the gun, but we don't know that at this point. That's right. Yeah, yeah. You're absolutely right. Yeah, we'll find out what the implications of this heist was. <laughs> right. Next, he goes. Egan's gone into the house, comforts Faye, mm-hmm. and then he says, "If anything happened to you, Faye," and he's like. They're in a bit of an embrace, and she looks at him going, what do you mean by that? Yeah. 
I mean, and she's, then... she's a bit annoyed that the cops are not finished yet, isn't she? You know? the, the, yeah. They the, say, have, have they not gone yet? She, yeah. She, she says, I've not seen the killer. The police made sure of that. So again, what's she, do, what's she <laughs> doing in the house at all? Yeah. Making sure she can't seem to identify him. Send yeah, her to the, the pub with Egan. Precisely. But, right, a few things here. Damo, you mentioned it last time. Mm. Right, okay. It, which was that... She, she's seen him already. Yeah. <laughs> he came exactly. round earlier that yeah. day. So why did she need to see him this time? Yeah. <laughs> right. Second, the police got in the way of what? She's jumping up and down trying to see him over the shoulders of the cops. <laughs> that is a line that doesn't need to exist at all because it helps nobody and it confuses matters. I think they were sort of like going on the fact that I couldn't identify him. If you were to show me the photo of it, I couldn't identify him. But that's, again, that's sort of bullshit. Because she does see because him. Yeah. She's seen him earlier that day when he, when you know, the towel thing. Well, shortly, Sar- well, Sarge comes back, doesn't he? And uh, he says, uh, well, we've lost him. He could be anywhere by now, you know, which is probably... <laughs> <laughs> that's probably quite comforting for the woman who's the decoy in this uh, episode. So, <laughs> Peter Egan, the close-up of Peter Egan's face... And then he has another think, and then the music <laughs> indicates he's thinking. Yeah, because it's uh, they've got think blinks, blinky blink. He's he's also sm- Oh yeah, is this when he's lying on his bed later on in the next? No, interior? this is no, this is just before that bit. Right. So then, cut to his he's lying on his bed. He's smoking. Ding. He's, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and he's reciting the name and address off this uh, envelope, isn't he? Uh, so. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I don't know why he's doing. Well, that. he can, he has to memorize it because he can't bring that piece of paper with him. Like, <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's precisely what I thought he was doing. That he was lodging it into his head, yeah, so it, that he didn't need to carry it. He should have. He should have created some sort of mnemonic, you know, like the ones so that he can remember the order of his planets or something. Like <laughs> or as you say. Big girl, I'll take it, wasn't he? Yeah. The guy's name's uh, George, is it? Yeah. Is that the name of yeah? Yeah, he is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're introduced to another name in a second because then he decides to give his uh, wife, current wife, Elaine. Yeah. As he says, one more chance. Now he's going to ring her up, and I think what he's going to sort of say is, "Look, are you sure we can't do this amicably, or you know, make it work in our interest?" And it's, it's almost like he's the setup to this is. If she says no, or if she calls me any problems, then I've got something in mind. That's yeah. he's hoping that's for an awful laugh from this marriage-saving phone call. Like he really is. <laughs> <laughs> well, it turns out. Uh, so she answers the phone, and she's lying sort of backwards. She picks up the old phone, and she goes, "Hello," and then he obviously says, "Which we can't hear." It's Peter Egan, and he and she goes, "Oh, it's you." And also, that statement is. That statement's always got to be correct, isn't it? Mm. If you pick up the phone and somebody had it, uh, is on it, if you say, oh, it's you, you've got to be right. <laughs> You're absolutely right. Bing, 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 bing. <laughs> so she says, um, what do you want sort of thing? And uh, I'm with, uh, you can't hear him speak, but I'm with another man. I'm with a man. She's Gerald. with Gerald. Yes. Gerald. Yeah. And then and then they start kissing. She says, you can hear us if you want. Ooh. And it's kind of very sexual. And the camera kind of goes down her, kind of like her leg, doesn't it? Yeah. And focuses on her foot. So I wondered at this point, is this an indication that she is the poodle killer? Because he wears, he wears particular trainers. And now they're saying, here's a foot on which the trainers... Oh, that would have been amazing. And Gerald, that would have been amazing. Gerald was a poodle. 
That would have been brilliant. That would have been the perfect bit here. Is that if it shot down, gone down a leg, and there'd been a a big trainer with a poodle on the side, (laughs) that that would have been. I am the killer. Um, (laughs) Now it doesn't do that, but what it does do is it focuses on a bare foot, and again, another missed opportunity is to have kind of like the foot kind of curl, you know, like that arousal sort of moment. But they missed that even, and I'm not saying they wanted that. I'm just saying. Perfect opportunity. Two quick things on uh, Gerald. I did uh, IMDB <laughs> Gerald. Uh, right. His his real name is Brett Forrest. Uh, he wasn't in very much else apart from this, but he was in Dempsey and Makepeace. So amazing, oh, yeah, right. Which is probably my favourite uh, cop show. Phyllis Glynis. Den- yeah. What's her name? Glennis uh, Barber. Glennis Barber. Yeah. Do you know what? Because that was that sort of program. Uh, sort of American maverick yeah. type guy and then She's by the book English. Proper, yeah. 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 And uh oh this this partnership could never work, but it does. We always get our man sort of thing. Great, great program. She was probably Very my similar. first uh, human crush. I did have crushes on uh Tila from Matt from He Man before that. Uh, well, no, obviously Princess Leia probably, but really, but I definitely remember Makepeace being a very. Big, if I'd had posters yeah. on my wall back then, she would have been one of them. Uh, I really liked um, Leslie Ash from Cat's Eyes. Oh yeah. Well, Glynis later appeared in uh, uh, a show of her own where uh, it was taken from a um, like a cartoon strip. And she would generally fi- Jane. Jane, and she generally finished up in her undies in it, didn't she? That's right. Yeah, and it was a. You're right. It was a. Po- it was a wartime comic strip. Yeah. That was. I, I, you know what? I don't know if you can see this. Maybe it's on YouTube or something like that. But I remember it really. really I don't remember what it was about. No. But I remember visually it. Yeah. It's like a sort of a pop art style. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just thinking, Debbie Harry was my first poster girl. I had pictures of her on my wall. Two big posters of her. So, look, here we go. We've got Make Peace. (laughs) Who did you say, Rob, just then? Debbie Harry. Debbie Harry. Leslie Ash, all blondes. All Uh, 80s blondes. uh, See, there you go. It's very formative, isn't it? And they say (laughs) men aren't superficial. (laughs) (laughs) Tell you about, you know, so, we're saying about him starring in other things, though. The Brad oh, Forrest. Gerald, yeah, Forrest. but that's the only thing that I noticed about him, yeah, it has to be said. But uh, well, the other thing, that it, my middle name is actually Gerald. I'll just I'll just oh. put that out there. And I'm not saying that in a kind of a phrase way, like discretion is my middle name. It, it Gerald is my <laughs> middle name. But you see, there's the Gerald's game thing, isn't there? Oh, that's yes. the, yeah. 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 Stephen well, King. Talking, talking about other... Other shows, other episodes, as we sort of again very nearly doing. What I discovered <laughs> this week is that uh, this uh, was originally this uh, show, uh, the, this pa- story. the Pattern of Guilt by Danielle yes. Westbrook. There was originally Daniela Westbrook. I can't remember her name. <laughs> <laughs> Helen, Helen, and Danielle. Was it was originally made in 1962 for American TV. Oh. and it was made. Yeah. Right, okay. But we have seen this before, haven't we? Where there's been remakes and movies and yeah, smaller yeah. versions but, or whatever. But yeah, so there you go. I'm just looking here. I've just put here next day. So I guess it's the next day. Um, 
or sometime after, and he goes to the address that yeah. is memorised yeah. in his head. And, yeah, but he's, he's given up. He's given up. He couldn't come up with a mnemonic, so uh, <laughs> he's, he's, he's got it stuck on the middle of his wind, of his driving wheel. Driving wheel? <laughs> That's right. He's stuck it driving, on. What, what's a driving wheel. Steering wheel. A driving wheel. Yeah, he's, he's, cry, he's a man <laughs> crying out for a GPS in 1982, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there is that kind of famous story that Roger Moore invented the Magnum uh, because he wanted a chock ice on a stick. So that's what they <laughs> that's what they did for him. And no th- maybe this is where I've the idea of... If you not heard it? No. Look it up. I think it's... I've either dreamt it or it's absolutely true. It's one of the two. I um, thought chock anyway. ices always were on sticks anyway. No, no chock ices were the ones in the packets right. that, yeah. you, okay. that yeah, you could take were, out yeah. and put them into a cone if you wanted to. They were like yeah, pre-made yeah. cones. Like, they were square, weren't they? Square, could, yeah, rectangular. You could have the uh, chock ice, well, just ice cream, couldn't you, that you could put in there, or you could have them coated with, with the chocolate, but yeah, yeah the they weren't originally on sticks, no. So, that's, so we came up with Magnum, and I'm, I'm wondering whether Peter Egan invented Satnav. Um <laughs> Anyway, now he's in a, some some sort of like a builder's yard, like yeah. where you'd expect to see like a welder's, some sort of scrapyard. It's that sort of thing, um, and he finds eighty four A and eighty four B. Well, in the long scheme of things, it doesn't really matter, but it seems to matter an awful lot to him. He has a lot of trouble with it for for a minute or so, uh, where he clearly needed to spend more time that night memorising the address and didn't quite manage it. But it's eighty four A that he wants. I think if if it was a, a toss up between A and B, that's the bit I'd have remembered the most. It's like the rest of it, I'd be like, can't remember the yeah. postcode, the number, the the street, but it's definitely an A. Yeah. <laughs> and it looked as he was had that kind of Sophie's Choice moment, uh, whether to go up the stairs to eighty four B or keep going to eighty four A. That again looked like they were setting up the the twist, you know, where the, the wrong address. Yeah. yeah, 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 exactly. So this is the third time we could have ended this episode. Yeah. <laughs> Um, now then, I tell you what, I've got, I've got to, I've got to uh, admit there, there are claims on the internet, aren't there, that Roger Moore invented yes, the magnet. A, fa- a family friend has apparently said that he virtually invented it. I'd never heard of that. I, I don't think he was there going, ah, makers of Magnum, can you make a Magnum? Yeah, uh, because yeah. Magnum didn't exist. But I think they just sort of said, here's an idea that Moore instigated. Because all, yeah. all you'd it. have to do really is get a chalk ice and put a stick <laughs> in it. It yeah. wouldn't it wouldn't take a lot of inventing. Or a my, pencil. <laughs> well, my dad told me that it, when he was young, he used to have a job where he would uh, collect uh, discarded lollipop sticks and take them back to a shop owner, who would then sort of pay him for per stick. And then he would reuse them in making ice cream lollies. Good lord, filth. Absolute filth. Now I don't know if that's I don't know if that's true, but that's what he told me. Yeah. yeah surely meant bottle caps because I remember that. <laughs> oh yeah, that was it. Up? Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, there's no real way to there's no real way to sterilise a, a lollipop stick, isn't there? No, they just expand and yeah. split. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what he said. But I tell you that story, that Roger Moore story with, with the Magnum, that'd be so much better if it was Tom Selleck, wouldn't it? Oh yeah, oh. Okay. Uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> or Clint Eastwood. 
because of the magma. Oh, yes, yeah. of course. And, yeah. and there's a little nod, isn't there? Yeah. Yeah. We'll come back to that in a moment, actually, then. Okay, so whilst he's, let's call him prowling, whilst right. he's prowling to, to look for the address, um, an Irish sailor, uh, <laughs> Captain Birdseye style. Who often walked the streets of Norwich. <laughs> for no reason at all. Um just spots him. I mean, they're in the Norwich dockyard, I assume, is yeah. where we are. Yeah. Uh, just out of nowhere. It's a, at least he's not playing one of those concertinas. That could be worse. <laughs> Singing a, a shanty. Yeah. yeah. He's um, probably out searching for crabs to tell to local solicitors. So he, um, yeah, so he basically spots this guy and he... He asks about who lives at this particular address. This is Egan, <laughs> who lives there. I, I don't really remember what he said. I just thought his accent was very exaggerated for the fact that oh, he is. Yeah. yeah. Like, he is a genuine Irish like a... man. He's called Harry Webster. He is from Dublin. And he's been in such blockbusters as Far and Away. But, uh, oh. <laughs> which maybe that's where he got his crap Irish accent from. Because from he, had, of course, he had to be pretend Irish in that, didn't yes. he? Yeah. Yeah. He definitely exaggerates it, though. It's it's like he's lived. Yeah, in it Norwich sounds quite too long. comical, yeah. doesn't it? And there's yeah, no yeah. Ne- there's no need for it. No, but it's there. Well, as you yeah. said last time, there's probably no need for him to be Irish at all. But he is, and that's where we are. Well, and this is the thing that I thought was it was going to go somewhere was because it, if you watch it with the subtitles, it says Irish accent. Right. Oh, yeah. And I was like, oh right, okay, pin that because that's going to be something later. It, it, uh, I'm going to spoil this. That no, that doesn't go anywhere. That could have been anybody. That could have been anybody. Yeah, who, yeah. who he's chatting with. But it's it's in fact. But it turns out to be Captain Birdseye. Yeah. Um, Uncle Albert right. with, with an Irish accent. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um. Anyway, he uh, he then. Uh, well, the next thing we see him, he's talking to his wife on the phone. Oh, he's who, talking to Faye talking again, to, isn't he? The, the first wife. Yeah. Yeah. And saying. It seems like we're talking again, are we? Yeah, he wants... Indication is that they're going to start again. Yeah. Or they're going to try and start again. She she feels... She she looks actually okay with this, you know? Yeah. Am I right saying that? She's going for it. She's she's thought, I'm reaching too high, hoping to go to London. I'm going to stay here. (laughs) (laughs) It was ridiculous. It was a pipe dream. I'm an orange girl. This is where I belong. I don't... Looking at it the second time, I, I don't think she ever really got over him, never really let go of him fully. Because no. when I thought about it, you know, he obviously has Sunday access or weekend access to see the kids, but he's going to her house the whole time for it. Like, he's not picking yeah. them up and bringing... I know he sends them off down the river at some point, <laughs> but he stays there. Like, you know, most yeah. part-time dads like that, they collect the kids and get the fuck out of there, but he's been hanging around the house the whole time, and she seems okay with that. So yeah. yeah. So, so... Next thing, he's he's in the dark. He's uh, he's sort of like we're not sure where he's at this time, but he's sort of he's, going quite surreptitiously, isn't he? He's, he's got, in the car, right? Or he's just got out of the car? Uh, yeah, and he's and he's sort of sneaking around, and uh, he's got a big light-coloured coat on, but he's uh, he's sneaking around in the dark. He, he he somehow trips on a cat that's not seen. Yeah, he hits the the nighttime cat that always gets clobbered by prowlers. Uh, yeah, and he uh, you know it's a box and stuff like that. So he's not he's not kind of covert about it at all. And he goes to 
the the same place where he where he was sort of at earlier eighty four A. Yeah. Um, Isn't it B? See, this is it. I, I, I should learn this. Oh, hang on. I've, I think, I I think B, B, yeah, B was up the stairs. That was B's upstairs. We'll never know. Downstairs. We'll never know what was up those stairs. But uh, <laughs> he went to A. Yeah. But because it's dark, he's got a torch, hasn't he? Yeah, and and by now, dogs are barking as well, and you can hear, <laughs> you can, you can hear the sound of tools being dropped. <laughs> <laughs> there was a clang of a tool. <laughs> What's happening? Yeah. Well, he goes into the place and he kind of like goes, he's, he's seeing things. Hang on a minute. Am I, am I right in saying he's already been inside the place in the daytime or is this No, I think he inside? just looked. Yeah, that's right. right. He, he looked, looked, he, he looked through the window, didn't he? Disturbed well, by the, the Irish neighbour. Although yes, the windows yeah. were dirty, they were see-through, but he decided to look through a hole in the window rather than through <laughs> the window itself the first time he went. But he didn't, he didn't go in. But he's now he's in. He's gone inside the house, and he's and it, this there's a person in bed, mm. and to uh, he's, he's kind of a he's either asleep or unconscious or yeah, he's, there's something up with him. And Peter's and, found uh, found a hypodermic syringe that he's that he's had a smell at uh, in the, yeah, in, the he, in the other room. He's he's probably likely to know what that is, being this professional background, right? Um, yeah. yeah. And, but to illustrate that the man in the bed is an addict, there are kind of molehill-sized uh, <laughs> needle marks on the guy's arm. So he's definitely, you know... Yeah, like, he has a look at his arm. And there's about three or so of them, aren't there? And they're, they're sort of... They're gigantic. They're sort of ringed in black, aren't they? And, uh... Almost as if the gun had got one of them insects underneath them that's trying to burrow out. Oh, well, you see, uh, we mentioned in our we, Halloween we did, yeah. story about yeah. that. My, my mum told me that, which... That's right, which is obviously false. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so... <laughs> so Anyway, he, 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 and then he's doing a bit more of a search of the house. Mm-hmm. On the wall is the Clint Eastwood Magnum reference. Now, this yeah. is another one. It puts you inside that the, the showbiz world, right? Yeah. Okay, so what is this? What meta is this? I, don't it, know. I mean, it reminded me that uh, when I was uh, uh, doing my degree, I uh, in second year, I, I became friends with the girl who lived next door but one. But we could call the girl from next door because it's a bit short. <laughs> <laughs> we used to we used to watch a Clint Eastwood film called Coogan's Bluff. We had it on tape, on know, yeah, videotape, yeah. and we used to watch it. Uh, she introduced me to Bacardi and ginger ale. But what uh, what I did, I would do impressions for her of Clint Eastwood. So I would I would say, <laughs> I'm really ready for spaghetti. Uh, get your pants on, chief. <laughs> yeah, did they call you the, the man of many voices? Uh, <laughs> get your pants on, chief. Get, get him to do his impressions. But this is weird because it's not just, it seems like he's not just into Clint Eastwood, this guy. He's into just guns. Yeah, and, guns and, and heroin. Heroin and that kind of, um, that's his character. <laughs> How yeah. do you quickly illustrate yeah. this person is an addict <laughs> and he really likes Dirty Harry. Yeah, that's can, it. <laughs> at this point, you can really take a step back and look at this antagonist. So he's a traveling salesman of pink towels with poodles on them, uh, addicted to heroin, and loves guns. There you go. And I she mean, said I mean... that the wife said that when she first visited him that he was going to college as well. 
Yes, now that might have been false. He might have just told her that. (laughs) But I like to think that he's struggling with some college course while all this is going on. The prequel's right in itself here, isn't it? <laughs> We've got it all. Um, anyway, so in one of the drawers, he does find, as you say, a towel there with the poodle on it. So yeah. he's like, I'll have that. And then uh, he goes into another drawer, finds a gun. Uh, oh, hang on a minute. Has also found some sneakers. Yeah. As yeah. well. Which, by the way, watch, look at this. Yeah, you you yeah. have the actual it's the, actu- it's the actual sneaker. You wrote oh, to wow. Peter Egan. <laughs> no, it's not. I just when he presented him because when we watched this originally, and I was writing a lot, I never actually. I just saw them being white trainers. Yeah. And I have these old pair of Converse, and I was like, they look exactly like that. So See, I'll what, uh, bring them to the. What we could do, like Cinderella, is like take that Converse round, have people <laughs> try it on, Go and whosoever it fits is the poodle killer. <laughs> So um, anyway, he, he so he he uh, picks up the gun um, and he looks at the man and he says, "You'll never know." Yeah. Uh, and sweet, uh, sweet dreams. Sweet dreams. Yeah. Now this is to indicate that I'm going to take this stuff, and we don't know for sure this is what's going to happen, but I'm thinking he's going to he's using that evidence. He's going to frame this man. Yes. Yeah. So previously, as we've said. He was going to say, I've got the ID for this guy. But the the police, the sergeant interrupted him. This is obviously what all that thinking's been about, Rob. This is it, isn't yeah. it? This is what it... What it... I've what had it? enough of Shagger Elaine. I'm going to do her in. <laughs> well, that's it, because <laughs> without any transition, we're just straight into her bedroom, and he's shining a torch in her eyes. Yeah. Elaine... Uh- Bing, 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 bing. <laughs> Elaine. Bing, 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 bing. And then he sh- It sounds like down. you're smoking three fags when you do that. <laughs> <laughs> bing, 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 bing. <laughs> um, and anyway, so she wakes up. Now, I this is a strange directorial decision as well, because I thought if there was ever an opportunity to uh, put her in that kind of uh, sexy underwear, this this was it. This was a, one of those occasions where right. she could have been in next to nothing. But, and it being for the sake of art. But what you've got to think about, right, is that when they do the uh, the gunshot, then there's a, like a, a little explosive underneath, underneath the clothes. But, <laughs> yeah. so Where if she's, do they conceal that? Yeah, if yes. she's just in a bra and pants, it's going to be really difficult. So what she does, she's got a big white shirt on. <laughs> but it's like one of those um, Only When I Laugh style uh, pyjama sets, but without the paisley pattern on it. <laughs> Um, yeah. Anyway, well, she's got he... she's got going to bed to shag clothes and going to bed to sleep clothes. You know? <laughs> I like to think that she's just wearing that top and nothing else. That's and that's let's be done with that, right? Okay. He goes Elaine again for about the seventieth time and then says, um, shines a torch in her eyes. She goes, what time is it? And then she explains. That's because she that... knows that he messes with the alarm clock. She sees. Yeah. That's yeah. No. <laughs> that's, what's the real time? Um, she says. When you last called and I was with Gerald and I didn't quite know what that was, I stayed up. Now, this is not the same night as the call she's... <laughs> no. Or is it? Not, no, it's the following night, isn't it? Be- yeah, because yeah. he's been to the house, hasn't he? So yeah. she stayed up for 24 hours. There's no wonder she's <laughs> feeling a bit sleepy at the moment. Um, and uh, anyway, 
she realizes that she, he's got a gun. At this point, she sits up, and then uh, there's a perfect target for yeah. her chest to be shot. She's yeah. still quite That's cocky, right. though, isn't she? She's like, "Oh, what are you fucking up to now, you silly bugger?" You know. <laughs> Which is quite quite a bold response to see when somebody's pointing the gun at you. Yeah, I'd, yeah. I'd go for something a little bit more conciliatory, wouldn't you? <laughs> so uh, he shoots, and it's uh, goes from the hip. Kind of... He doesn't. Yeah. Now he's, he's quite. Oh, yeah. He's quite close, though. In fairness, he'd want to be really bad, but yeah, he really coolly shoots her sitting down from the hip, and doesn't oh. let her speak. Doesn't let her finish that final sentence, which I just love. But um, I wonder if that's the reason why he shot from the hip is because he had to replicate the same range as the other. Yes, the, really the ballistic yeah. sergeant. Um, he's looking very robotic at this point as well, don't you think? There's, there's no, no expression on his face. That is that like to indicate he's sort of outside his comfort zone, really? Probably yeah. because the next scene that illustrates. He's that even better. Where he's driving in the car at night time, laughing like <laughs> all mad. Like all probably my favourite scene. Probably my favourite scene from the whole episode, to be honest with you. Yeah. Where just the drive just, yeah. with green screen. Like he's listening to, you know, somebody a comedian on the radio. <laughs> Who would that have been? That'd be I don't know. Dave Allen or something like yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> and then he has the he has again my favorite line from the the episode where he says it's so easy it's crazy <laughs> <laughs> as if he's you know doing an advert for a loan application or insurance or something yes. Yes, do, do you want the sdk killer to come to your house <laughs> it's so easy it's crazy we can do that for you <laughs> Uh, so then he drives back to eight. Well, well, not he doesn't drive back to eighty four. He drives to the the welder's yard, yeah, or whatever we call him that. Um, yeah, night time still remember, and he's uh, parks up, opens this uh, little <laughs> briefcase that he's got, which yeah. is like basically a small wardrobe, isn't it? It's a small yeah. chest of drawers. Yeah, and, there's, uh, there's about about forty compartments in it of various yeah. sizes. And he has there? a little look at the trainers as if to say, "What the fuck am I going to do with these?" Yeah. Oh, as luck would have it, I've this huge bag with compartments. So he puts the gun in. Because yeah. what he's got to do, remember, is put all this stuff back at the scene, yeah. uh, the yeah. so that yeah. so that he can be now charged with her murder as well, right? Okay, so that's yeah. his plan. That's the the twist. So he's, so, he's jamming it in all the cupboards and drawers. Yeah, because in there, he's got to get the the gun in and the shoes in. And he's, you know, he's got to move the coat hangers out of the way and uh, <laughs> move the jewellery compartment, the safe. Anyway, it won't shut, right? But he's like, don't matter. I can just... I'll have it under my arms. Yeah. It's only a short Which distance. Is... <laughs> <laughs> he goes to... Um, he goes around the corner to where the house is and there's the Sarge on the phone. Yeah. And there's, there's some I written surprise music here. You know, yes, it, it is, it yeah. is, like, I don't, I don't, I don't know what the surprise music is. There a typical sort of sound like that happens when somebody's surprised in cartoons and things? Is it? That's it. That's something yeah. like that. Yeah. So it, Which, but what it is, the, 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 this is how they, this is why there's police there, right? Let, let's cover that. That the the Irish man called the police and said, look, there's been, I've seen this. Somebody's kicked a cat, dropped some tools, made a dog bark. 
and I saw, I saw another guy earlier. I think you probably just should get around here and just check this out. And when they do, yeah. it was not not the Sarge, but another beat said, "Oh, hang on a minute. This this cop this car has got a poodle in it. That's got to be the poodle killer after all, because nobody else would drive around." Yeah, with with that. So they they turn up at the, the the house and it's like we've got our man now. Then in the meantime, what the sergeant had to do is obviously say get the ambulance because uh, there's a person here. Yeah, and we know him to be kind of like out for the count, sort of intoxicated and, or whatever. And send for Peter Egan. That's that's the what sergeant. And and said. then and then I insist Peter Egan comes uh, with his but bag. It's... With but his wardrobe. Sarge he, is might, he might have some crisps for me. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> so we go. So, we, so Egan's there. Yeah, Egan turns up. And uh, Sarge is a lot. He's a lot happier by now, isn't he? Yeah, because because well, uh, he says to him, I, "I don't know how you've got here because I haven't even officially asked for you to come." But uh, never mind, yeah, you're here. Yes. And you've beaten the ambulance. You beat the ambulance. They were only a couple of blocks away. But never mind, you're here after all. There's nothing suspicious <laughs> about this whatsoever. Um, Here's, and then he explains the story that I've just explained to you. Yeah, takes him into the room, and they've got Captain Birdseye in, in the room. They, they, they go, turn left at here, turn right, go, go yeah. through here. It's like this weird, it's like, <laughs> I, I think that, I thought, um, so this is outside of this episode, I thought that they were, they knew it was him, and were sort of like, take sort of almost leading him to the place where they could set, sort of say, and you knew this was here. But no, it's not any of that. It's just a weird... Take this first left, take the next well, right. He really, yeah, he's just really excited, the sergeant, that the case is kind of solved. It's almost like he's leading Peter Egan into his surprise birthday party. He's like, now when oh, we get in it, here, everyone will is, jump out. Surprise, <laughs> you, blindfold you and everything, and then the helium balloons. <laughs> yes, of course. The other thing, just quickly, about the, explaining to him about how the neighbour uh, got them onto it. He describes the old man. He says, uh, nosy neighbour, old-fashioned, Irish with it, God bless him. And I, as I said, I'd be quite happy with that on my headstone um, down the road yes. when, I, when I kick me boots. So, but yeah, as Rob said there, so the guy, the Irish guy, is in the room with the uh, yes, the murder suspect. Because he would be. Why wouldn't he be in the room? <laughs> um, and everything else, and the uh, what's happening next is there's a few people in that room, right? Um, yeah. Because, what's, because what we're immediately presented with is the fact that the guy isn't, he's, he's got his leg out of bed. <laughs> yeah, and, and he's got like some sort of bullet wound in it, which presumably he would have had that when Peter Eagle went in the first time. Yeah, and obviously the blankets were just covering it. Yeah, yeah. So, but somehow he's sort of, in his sleep, he's rolled somehow. <laughs> and, he's, and, he's, and he's exposed this time, not, not the massive molehills up his arm, yeah, but the great so... big bullet wound in his leg. Now, the natural conversation here is, um, yeah, we're pretty sure that this is the guy. However, we've looked around the house. There's no gun. We can't find the trainers. <laughs> and there's no uh, flannels here. So it probably isn't him after all. Let's uh, send him away. But no, they're like, we've got him. <laughs> all the evidence we need is right here in this room uh, for no reason at all, uh, just to explain the narrative. I suppose and purely then... that that has to have been why he was shot. That's their only real evidence. Is that you know they can? Yeah, yeah. that's it. Yeah. yeah. So we've got a car. It's got the pool in it. He's got shot in his leg. So we did we did capture it, or we did shoot him at the time. Yeah. And that's what this is all about. But yeah. but at this time, Captain Birdseye saying it's him, it's him, it's him. <laughs> he's the, he's the one I've seen. But but, I, but to uh, 
almost ignoring him. The, the guy said, "Settle down, calm down." Yeah. <laughs> And, uh, and he's this like, is, please bundled, work at his finest. He's actually bundled out of the room by a policeman as he's, <laughs> yeah. as he's shouting, that's him, that's him. That's him, yeah. that's him. <laughs> Patronising police says, no, just just calm down. I've got shit to deal with here. Just don't worry about it. Um, but, the, but of course, Egan has got this bag under his arm with trainers Holding coming out, out <laughs> guns sticking out the side. Now, we're left on for an awkward length of time on a final shot of just whilst the dialogue's happening in the background we just see the the briefcase thing right yeah yeah and and the idea is that the, the sergeant is saying go on then <laughs> get to work i'll just stand here and wait for you <laughs> <laughs> um earlier then, in the the first then, crime scene peter egan sort of said i want everybody out of this room while i do this job uh, um now he could have said the same here yeah. yeah, but no. I, think, I think Jamo said last week he could have, he could have done that. He said, yeah, yeah. He still out, yeah, he still could have cleaned it up, but I suppose he's so shell shocked that they're there. Yeah, that's right. He took yeah. the rabbit in the headlights at this point. And... Because it's in this whole thing, he has not said a word. This is no. his final yeah. lines were when he was. Uh, his final, yeah, his final lines were, "It's so easy, it's crazy." <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, so the Sarge then says like he can't understand why there's any pause to the to, to dealing with this, and yeah. he says, "Come here, let me help you." That's yeah. where that's where the free it the closes with is. with Sarge's hand on the handle of the uh, massive <laughs> box, doesn't it? So, so the, you can imagine that the next thing that happens is that the, the because it's not shut properly, that everything sort of falls out. The gun, the shoes, they all fall out. <laughs> yeah, the gun <laughs> falls out, hits the floor, and fires the shot directly into <laughs> Peter Egan's face. <laughs> I still feel there's a moment where the, the where Peter Egan can go, what the fuck do you think you're doing? Get off my case. Yeah. Right? yeah. You get out of the room. You've pissed me off. It's too early in the morning for this shit. Um, and then and then still done it. I, I yeah. still think he can get away with it. But the obvious twist in the tale, the total yeah. twist, is the, the, that oh, he's been he's been brought back to the scene of the crime and he's got no way out. He's in a cul-de-sac. Which yeah. is a you know, which I think is is a great Toto ending for for me. That's, that's an epic Toto ending. I agree. I totally agree. I think there's loads that could have been done to make this make more sense. Stuff that's been cut out. But actually, the idea behind this, there's a few different ways it could have went. And I think the uh, the um, getting addresses mixed up. Mm. That would have been a, b- a better way to end yeah. this. That they, that the guys, that Egan's framing the wrong person, yeah. and in doing so incriminates yeah. himself. That would have been better. Or even as you pan down um, Susan, Susan Danielle's leg, it's got the sneaker on. Yeah, that would yeah. have been, I think, in hindsight, a fifteen-minute episode. The best way to end it. Yeah. The stuff um, at the at the wife's house, at the mother of his children's house, that was a bit confusing. I mean, she was involved a little bit too much, more than she needed to be. I mean, fair enough, she's his motivation for wanting to kill Elaine and get back to her. But that whole shite at the house with her as the decoy or whatever, that was ridiculous looking at it, really. It, it, it really is, because there's no need for that at yeah. all. He could yeah. have just Danger. stumbled out of the pub any night and spotted that furry poodle hanging from the. Yeah, they could have been at another. Yeah, they could have just had another crime scene. Yeah, they could. They could. Yeah. The, the. Yeah, you're right. The. The. We have no. Uh, I don't have any remorse for Egan, and mm. I think I. I think 
I should have done. I think I should have thought, oh, he's doing the right thing. But I just, I thought he made some ridiculous decisions. And that's, so, but it actually, overall, I really enjoyed watching it. And I enjoyed, appreciated it the second time round because yeah. I was able to pick up some stuff that I didn't see the first time round. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I, don't, I still don't think it's the best, well, it's by far from well, the best episode. Hijack's the best, according to you. That's your favourite. I don't think it's the best episode. I just think it was, it was the one of the podcast. nicest to, to, to kind of watch and record afterwards. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Flypaper. You, you really like Flypaper. The flypaper scares the living shit out of me. But yeah. my favourite episode, uh, it, 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 actually, it probably is Flypaper for that very reason. Yeah, for that reason. Flypaper yeah, is, of... is really, like, for the time that it would have been on TV, it's pretty hard-hitting, you know, in, 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 the fact that it involves children. It was everything about that. It was it was just it was how it was done, and just the fact that you couldn't the person you thought you were going to be able to trust, yeah, just blown out of the water. And that's the bit that still even now just go how how could you do how could you betray me like this? It's like oh god, it's horrible, horrible. But you could watch like an episode of uh, or uh, one of the Saw movies or uh, Hostel or whatever, and and nothing compares for me to that moment of realizing. That you would ended up in the wrong place yeah. at the wrong time. Yeah. Awful. Um, yeah. Anyway, we've but we've reached the end of this episode, and that was you know what with the with the technical stuff from last time. But I think we've we've got to know uh, Damo a lot better anyway, uh, and and so this is this feels like it was the right way, the right decision to not only just re-record, yeah. but do the, but do this episode again. Well, um, although nobody will ever hear the first one, I reckon this one's an awful lot better. <laughs> Smiles it can, better, isn't it? It can be released <laughs> as a as an, a bootleg cassette in many years to come. <laughs> right, and I'm going to say it again. I said it last time, but I think uh, this is the, we should do it again. We should we should definitely get Damo back on, Rob. Yeah, definitely. That was that, that was a a, a a pleasure to record. Uh, I've uh, I've really enjoyed it. Yeah, it's been it's definitely. Been... Yeah. Um, oh. Rob, could you do the the right thing or the rightful thing and tell us what's happening next time round? Uh, indeed, I can. As I uh, sort of uh, just uh, <laughs> fill fill while I <laughs> while I look for things. Well, what we've got next is a harmless vanity where a woman is tipped off by a friend that her husband is having an affair. She's reluctant to believe it, but sets up a meeting with this woman at a beach party. So that's what we've got to now, look forward to. Yes, I know this one. This has um, hapless holidaymaker Keith Barron uh, <laughs> from Duty Free in it. And I'm pretty sure, and, and I've definitely said this last time, I'm pretty sure that this was filmed in one of the houses that's on the, where you would take like a riverboat through uh, Norwich or Norfolk Broads. Yeah, the, the, and, the and, Norwich and Riviera. It backs onto, yes, it, it backs onto those... I'm pretty sure, and and last, uh, no, it would have been a couple of summers ago, I went with some people on one of those rides that you can do, and we hired a boat, so uh, hopefully I'll be able to sort of like put myself at the scene, right. and, and with in retrospect at least anyway. Some insider knowledge. Yeah, exactly, yeah. So, uh, right, okay, well, I'll see you for that, Rob. And then, uh, as I say, we're getting Damo back for sure. That was a superb episode to record. In fact, a two, two-er, a doubler. Yeah. Thank you for listening, everybody. We'll see you next time. ta Bye-bye. Bye-bye. The tales of the old